There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business or, let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you. Introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5K. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Capita. Capita's software solution seeks to automate the equity management process for startups, including workflows around cap tables, ESOPs, due diligence, and transactions. Sign up at Capita.com to get started with your digital cap table, ESOP, award granting, and all things equity. Free for companies with under 25 stakeholders. Also powered by Limitless Connect. Limitless Connect can provide digital CX solutions. The teams of Limitless Connect have years of CX experience, which equip them as the driving contact centers in the future. Sign up for a free consultation with Limitless Connect at www.limitlesscx.com. With Limitless Connect by your side, anything is possible. Also powered by Pod Machine, the simplest way to grow and edit your podcast. Sign up now at podmachine.com. And use the code HUSTLESHARE to get one free edit. If you're going to talk to the executive, they are willing to allocate a portion of the revenue for employee experience and employee engagement. But as you grow the organization, this is what I've seen. At some point, the disconnect is happening. Then managers will now become focused on numbers. But if you're going to talk to executives, they will tell you, no, employee welfare is our number one priority. Because if I'm going to take care of my employees, they're going to bring more to our business. We're going to be very successful. Welcome to HUSTLESHARE. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beit Yong. 
Welcome to this episode of the Share Podcast. We finally got the guy. This guy, uh, when I tried to reach out to him, it was around late last year. He's in Korea. So, oh, wow. I'd, I'd have an opportunity to get him here. And again, he's very familiar with the surroundings because there's BPOs around this area. But without further ado, let's welcome to the show, Mr. Bo Descarga of Better Team. Whoop, whoop. Bo, hey, hey. To the show again. Thanks very much. And apologies for being late for me. And again, been wanting to get you on the show for quite a while now. I've been seeing you through Idea Space. I've been hearing about you from, from Kubo and whatnot. And again, I think we've been friends on Facebook and LinkedIn for a while. But I need to ask you, and we need to accept this journey that you're in because you're one of them the startups that are really making a lot of buzz. So congratulations <laughs> about that. But I need to ask you the million dollar question. Bo, what's your hustle? Okay. What's my hustle? Hmm. I would say I am the neck to choke for neck better team. Choke. What yeah. is that? What is those are, what is I've never heard of neck to choke. What does that mean? Well, pretty much the person that that's gonna be responsible for everything about what we do. Oh, so yeah. I am the chief executive for Better Team, also the co-founder. Um at Better Team, we are pretty much an HR analytics platform. Okay. But we're not your typical payroll, we're not your typical HR system. What oh, we yeah. do is we connect several HR systems out there. Okay. Put it in our dashboard, and then uh, using our machine learning algorithm, we predict mm. you know how many employees gonna be leaving the organization. Holy shit! Attrition. Attrition. Wow. Yeah. When it's gonna happen? Why it is happening? So that's the technology that we're. Okay. Doing. I want to understand that because last year, the biggest challenge we had to dodge. So year one was okay. Product market instruction. Mm. I've been there before, so I kind of had a cheat code. Year two around. So year one, 2019 up to. Early 2020, that was a traction, traction, hustle, hustle, hustle. Yeah. For a podcast network Asia, right? Year two was fundraising and further scaling. We went from Philippines to Indonesia. Yeah. Totally different beast. But year three, we felt the fucking crunch. And there was the HR crunch. So attrition started to happen, which I've, this is uncharted territory for me. Yeah. And I'm just glad we dodged a bullet because it could have caused our death. Yeah. Um, but again, we'll dissect that. And I love talking <laughs> about this. And that's actually the reason why I wanted to talk to you because, again, this is something, if your startup becomes successful, mm-hmm. it's just like Thanos. It's inevitable. You're going to hit this thing. Absolutely. Right? And you need to be better prepared. And we'll dissect that later. But before we get carried away, I need you to buckle up, my man. Okay. Because we're going to have to ride the Hustle Get-a-da. Share Time Machine. All right. All right. Relax. It's just a savage. <laughs> 20, ano 20 something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to start. Okay. So one thing that I really am very fond of, and you're very open about this, is that your skill stack or your origin is the BPO industry. Yep. Right. And again, I've said this so many times in the podcast that I attribute a big part of my own personal success because of the BPO industry. Because mm-hmm. I've learned how to talk like this. I've learned how to become a good... Uh, customer service person. I've learned how to sell yeah. within my very first job, which was a call center agent. Mm-hmm. First two to three jobs, actually. First one I had was, uh, I was a telemarketer. So okay. I've got, I I mastered the skill of being Kastat, 2007. Oh, wow. I was 18 years old. I was like, shit, wow. So, and the bad side of it is I mastered also how to cuss. Like, <laughs> Actually, I should have asked you that. Am yes. I allowed to cast here? Yeah, absolutely. Fucking hey, let's do okay, it. Okay, good. Right. Okay, <laughs> again, that's my show. So shout out to the call center industry. And then the second 
part that I did was again, obviously the 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 one thing that really allowed me to become good at it was my English. I yeah. became this good because repetition over a hundred calls per day. I know eight hour shift, bruh. So that that's gonna be that's training and training and training for yeah. you. And for for a very formative age, right out of school. No, while I was still doing school. Yeah, I mastered it. And then right after that, I did customer tech tech support on yeah. Basadin. Holy shit! So now I know learn how to sell. I know how to empathize and how to ha- uh, handle angry customers. And a lot of what I did before, mm-hmm. I attribute to again uh, that I still uh, I attribute to the BPO industry. And I still carry till now, up till what, what year is it? Year thirteen, year fourteen now. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing. So I'm very grateful. But for you, before we even start about the BPO industry. How was it growing up? Was there any influence of entrepreneurship in the family or what was your mindset growing up prior to going to the call center or the BPO industry? Prior to going to the BPO industry, now that you're asking me that question, mm-hmm. I'm remembering, siguro my exposure in entrepreneurship would be the karinderia of my lola because mm-hmm. we have a very... Famous karinderia. What's the specialty? Oh, breakfast. Oh, shit. So, <laughs> so breakfast, you know, your champurado, your lugao, oh your sopas. Oh, my God. Early in the morning. So right, right. That's my very first exposure to entrepreneurship. Because no oh, choice. I'm the one who needs to attend to the early opening of the of the karinderia. Oh, while, shift. Yeah. While okay. my lolo and lola uh, are preparing for the day's menu, right? Gotcha. So while they're cooking, I'm the ones in front of the store mm. catering to all of those patrons. So that's right. my very first exposure to mm. entrepreneurship. And then now I'm remembering back in high school, because, you know, life is so hard. During, during Where did my... you grow up? Uh, just no. give us the setting. Manila talaga. Um, Where so, in Manila? Montinlupa City. So, Mon- Montinlupa. Okay. Where, which side? Uh, labas naman, labas. Okay. <laughs> is it near the lake? Yes, near the lake. near Alabang? Near the lake. Near the lake. Okay. Yeah, the Sukat. Sukat, Muntinlupa. Yes, because, okay. because there are two Sukat, no? Paranyake. And... I found out about that because uh, the very first office of Chatbot PH, uh-huh. the company that I sold prior to doing PNA, is, uh, was it actually in Alabang? Okay. And, I, and my team were all Southerners. And yeah. I was born and raised in the North. I was a QC boy. Oh. Now I live in the South. Yeah, I, I live in Cavite, so I was like, shit. All right. Um, so I found out, sorry, just a little bit of a tangent there. But <laughs> there's two sukats. So uh-huh. when you say sukat, there's a sukat you have to paranyake, ask. Paranyake, and there's sukat munti. So you're sukat munti. Yeah, sukat okay, munti. So, baba. Because baba. we're near the okay. lake. All right. So that's where our karinderian. And I remember, alala ko nun, my, my, my parents cannot send me to, you know, to school anymore. Mm. I need to stop high school. I need to stop high school. Oh my God. Because we went through a very... um troubled um, you know family matters so. okay but you know I don't want to stop schooling so yeah. we go I want to finish at least high school and then so I decided that you know what I want to you know I want to still continue schooling mm-hmm. then I remember now I sold some toron I sold some banana queue okay. during high school years and my best seller was my yema wow so if my Both classmates yeah. yes if my classmates from high school will be listening they will remember that so, there you go so I think that's the entrepreneur exposure exposure that I had but here's the thing and again I always respect from people homegrowns like us yeah because I mean I empathize with you right away we knew that the stakes were high that we were one mistake 
or one financial trouble away from us not being able to go to school. Yeah. So again, I credit my mom for helping me or making sure that I always were in school, even though she was in deep debt. Yeah. Deep debt. Yeah. Like she everything that we were doing was like just way beyond what she makes. But for somehow, some way she made it work. But at that stake where everything was just okay, it's either no school at mm-hmm. one at and you persisted. Mm-hmm. Some people just they just stake it. Eh? You didn't. What was the mindset at that point where you know the status quo of the family? And sometimes it's generational. Mm-hmm. We were born into a handicap, not yeah. privilege. Yeah. But we choose to step up despite the cards that were dealt with. Right. What was the chip on our shoulder at that point? And what did you want to prove that early on in your life? You know, during that time, I just wanted to finish high school because I knew that that's the minimum requirement to get to, mm. to get a job. Got it. If you're not going to finish high school, then it's going to be hard for you to, to yeah. get a job. And, and I knew that by getting that diploma, I should be able to at least get a guarantee to get a job from McDonald's or Jollibee. Wow. You know? wow. <laughs> that, that was that short-term goal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then again, it didn't stop there. Mm. After I finished um, high school, I got supported by my high school teachers. Oh, then wow. I got support. You know MTOP? I don't know. If, no, what's MTOP? MTOP is like a, a district mathematics exam. Okay. Com- you know, each high school will be competing against each other. A de- DEX panun. Wow. <laughs> DEX um, exam. So you have okay. to pay for that. And I don't have the money to pay for that MTOP. Okay. So my math teacher paid for it. So. Well, my math teacher didn't like me because I always failed. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I cannot relate to you. <laughs> so my math teacher paid for it. So you know, my So my high school teachers really supported me. Even right. when I took the exam, so nagupkat ako. They paid for it, but I failed. But I failed. Okay. That's fine. All right. So anyway, so we go. Oh uh, no, um, I finished high school, but you know what? I want to go to college. You did. Okay. Yeah, I want to go to college, and I think. I, I can do it because I can now get the job from the fast foods out there. So right. I've worked for Jollibee, I've worked for McDonald's, I've worked for. So you did work in student? Yes, yes. And where did you study at this point? Um, PUP. Kasi nga bumagsak ako na UP. PUP, shout out again. Yeah. So in, in Podcast Network Asia, all right, there's a. We have this thing. Yeah. On certain seasons within the year, PNA. Podcast Network Asia yeah. stands for sometimes it's Polytechnic Network Asia. Because okay. sometimes our our <laughs> our interns far out, outweigh our yeah. regular employees because all of them come from PUP. And hands down, PUP always produces the uh, best. The gr- I don't know what they guys feed you there. Maybe it's a footlong that has really good yeah. that was good. But no, it's the Lugao for seven pesos. The, unlimited. There's just grit about yeah. PUP graduates that a lot of people, when you say PUP Matic. Agree. Okay, all right. Meron ako intern. I took him in as intern from PUP. Mm. He started as an intern, three months first, got extended for another three months, and then mm. <laughs> another three months again. Got it. And then after graduation, now he is a full-time employee. Amazing. Oh, I'm telling you, Ron, this Best. kid, so good. I don't know what he's eating. Yeah. Uh, Luga. Luga. But, he's but it's so not good. seven pesos anymore. Okay. Yeah. Panahon ko yung seven pesos. All right. That's what I have been All eating right. during my PUP years. Absolutely. Unlimited, eh? seven pesos. And I need to go to my Jollibee job in the afternoon. So, wait, I'll just uh, uh, track back here, Bo, because I, I empathize with you again. So, again, working student, 
in between my first and second year of college, that's when I started working in the call center. You work this hustle so that you can support yourself mm-hmm. to go to school. Yeah. Walk me through how difficult it was. Because so many people, it's kids right now. Yeah. What is the easy way out? I quit. I need, I am so overwhelmed. Yeah. I do not, I, I, I need help. I'm yeah. not saying you shouldn't, but guys, on the other side of the spectrum, everything that, that everyone that actually made this far in life yeah. to be worthy of being on Hustle Share. Had to pay the dues early. Had exactly. to hustle. Had to sacrifice. But sometimes, dude, I barely had three enough three three hours of sleep before. Yeah, because I had a big dream. While yeah. you were doing this, walk me through two things. How hard was the grind when you were doing fast food work? Yeah, had to go to school. Describe to me that day to day thing. Yeah, and then what was the light at the end of the tunnel? Because you can't go through all of that if you weren't motivated to achieve a goal. What was that? Yeah. So the goal was. Pretty simple. I just wanted to finish college. I wanted wow. to become so a lawyer. What, one, one step at a time. Yeah. Talaga. So you you start oh. with high school muna. Yeah. And then now you're going to go. Siguro for me, um, I would say something that I'm very proud of would be that I established the goal first. Okay. And then I worked on what are the things that I can do to achieve that goal. In and your control. In my control. Okay. It's pretty much the same thing for my college years. Okay. So I know that I just wanted to finish college and then wanted to become a lawyer to be honest wanted I wanted to become wow. a lawyer so um, I enrolled um, in PUP because I failed UPCAT okay. so 12 pesos per unit back then I don't know if it's still mm-hmm. 12 pesos now mm-hmm. and the hustle was like you know ang, ang first class call will be at 7 in the morning and that's gonna be up until 4 in the afternoon shit whole day whole day and what were you taking up? philosophy Filo pa. Oh my God. Filo ako niyan. Right. Seven in the morning. Ron, I live in Sukat, Muntinlupa. Balikan natin. Yeah. Malap- PNR. Right. PNR. Exactly. Doon kami And malapit. that is already a fucking hustle in itself. Yeah. So ito yan. <laughs> 7 a.m. ang klasiko. Okay. I need to ride the 5 a.m. train going to Santa Mesa. Kasi that will just cost me 12 pesos. Correct. But if if I'm gonna take the bus kasi I, I miss the train, it will cost me 50 to 60 pesos to get Shit. to Manila. So, And imagine, so mm. my class is up until 4 p.m. My Jollibee work starts at 5 in the afternoon. Yung San Fernando branch na Jollibee dyan sa Santa Mesa. Okay. That's gonna be up until midnight. And you know, in Jollibee, you extend for an hour or two because you have to clean up. So I finish the day, 1 in the morning, 2 in the morning. I'm at home by roughly around 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. Then Grind I sleep. Grind again. Yeah. Because again, I need to wake up 4.30 in the morning Shit. in preparation for the 5 a.m. train. How long did you do this for? Oh, that's two years. Before I finally got a job in the And you kids are, say you're overwhelmed right now if you're listening and you're a Gen Z. I'm I saying, I mean, right? I'm not saying that you shouldn't be grind. I'm not yeah. shitting on your hustle. But sometimes you have to put things into perspective over what's hard yeah. and what's really fucking hard. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's my day-to-day. But the good thing about PUP is that means I'm well a professor, so you get to sleep. <laughs> so <laughs> so right. you get to sleep. And then during my break time at um so in in my my part-time job, right. that's where I would usually do all my homework and assignments. Mm. So try to manage the time really. And then, you know, well professor, then that's a time for you to get things done. Right. And 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 it's a good thing that I'm all I also have some classmates who are very understanding who okay. help out during the process too. So I remember one thing during this phase where FOMO was real. Mm. Where okay, my classmates would oh daughter, oh let's go see it, oh let's Starbucks, oh let's <laughs> ha, ha. right, hang out. 
And he's like, nah, dude, I'm gonna go. I'll take whatever hours of sleep I can put in because yeah. I have a grind to do. Yeah. But one thing I realized about myself is that, dude, when apparently this skill, the willpower to persist is something that not that does not exist with a lot of people. Yeah. Because most people, even back in our generation, millennial, Gen X, whatever you call right. it. Right. Right. One smack in the face, people ouch nah, I don't want to go. Yeah. But for me, it's like, dude, my dream was simple. I just don't want this to be the status quo because my mom worked so hard. Yeah. I wanted to buy her a house. Yeah. At that point, and you're again, you were short-term goals lang at that point. Um uh high school, college. Were you starting to develop what that overall grand thing would be? And what did you start learning about yourself in that process? Because there were days where I just I just couldn't push through. My body was mm-hmm. not able to give me what I needed. To put, I was sabaw in school. There was even a time where I couldn't even go up the stairs because my body was just too tired. I was yeah. out, up for 48 hours straight. What did you discover about yourself and how did you then keep going? Because it was so much easier mm-hmm. to stop. Yeah. You know, yung fear lang na maging mahirap talaga ron. Yeah. Um, because we've experienced it. Like, yep. I think this is the first time that I'm gonna share about it. Um, mm. hindi kami middle class or hindi kami mayaman. I would say na mahirap lang din kami, you know. Yeah. And the fear na that's gonna be my life all throughout is something that's creeping on me. That's why you know, sabi ko, no, I'm gonna finish college. Yeah. Say I was able to do it high school with just myself and some couple of other Bad people. Respect, man. And I'm then, a fan of yours now. This early pa lang. <laughs> I'm already a fan. Okay. So, yung fear lang talaga na this is not this is going to be my life mm. moving forward. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not going to be poor. I wanted to drive my own car. I wanted there to get go. my own house. I want to live uh, in better living. Now I'm living in better living. There you go. So, <laughs> nice high five. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, so Across the other side of Slex na. I know, right? Right. Mm-hmm. At saka subdivision na. Uh, and yeah. not, 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 not nearby the lake anymore. Okay. Not nearby the PNR station. Exactly. You, you have, <laughs> dahil dumadaan yung tren, What you hear na. now is the airplane. I, I know. <laughs> Landing and uh, taking off. Right. Right. So yeah, the, the fear of, you know, being poor and that becoming my life. Right. That's really the motivation. Here's one thing that I wanted to understand. Because... I, I empathize. The status quo around me, not just with my mom. My mom is an outlier. She really told me like, hey, whatever you want, go for it. But I'm not going to give it to you. I'm going to give you opportunities. But you got to work hard for it. And it took every single thing. I almost blew it because I was dicking around for a while in high school and college. You see, I didn't have that thrown. No, exactly. But I realized, shit, this opportunity, if I look at my cousins, mm-hmm. my nieces, nephews, the yeah. status quo is they didn't finish college, you have so many children. Again, yeah. I'm not shitting on them. I'm yeah. just saying that I don't want to be like that. Yeah. I still have an opportunity to write things up. Yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly the same thinking that I had. Um, hindi, you know, Sayang eh. Hindi ako naging right? satisfied na, ah, okay, ito na. Okay right. na to. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the same perspective and and I'm just so lucky that I met a lot of people who are okay. so supportive and and whatever success that I may have right now, I always attribute it to them. Nice. If whenever I get the chance to to visit them and, you know, pay respect, I would always do. Let's give them flowers. Who are these guys and what were their biggest contributions to you? 
Okay. Well, number one, I would say thank you and send flowers to the daughters of the Crown Virgin. This is a convent of nuns wow. who paid for the two years of my college because from PUP I transferred to FEU. Ah, where, about. Yes, where I completed international studies. So, oh my God. ko ng pagpipilo kasi nahirap ako sa logic at ethics. So, and then um, I met this uh, congregation in Sukat again, Miraculous Medal Shrine. Okay. Who, who saw, I believe, so much potential on me. So yeah. they decided to finance my my the rest of my college years. So that's one. And then my teacher in in uh, in Pedro Diaz High School, Mrs. Muldong, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mrs. Muldong. And then my teacher in 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 Our Lady of the Lake School, um, Mrs. Nayata siya ngayon. Okay. Obinguar. So okay. Those teachers who really helped me out during those you know troubled years. And uh, and uh, that's true. We we all are a product of the village that raised us. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it, most of the time, it's actually not your family. Yeah, there's family, of, of course, the core yeah. that fills your heart. Yeah, but the opportunities that you're gonna get that are gonna really li- be life changing comes from outside. So again, yeah. shout out. Just wanna give an example. And again, rest in peace. I'm always praying for you, sir, Sir Georgi Azurin, mm. right? Same thing. I didn't know anything about startups. He thought I was a drug addict. Now, again, he's, uh, he's <laughs> in heaven. Mentoring so many startup founders in heaven. Yeah. Okay, whatever startups they have there. But he took a chance on me. Right. And, and we just need to find that person that's going to take that chance. And that's the know? thing. You need to find it. Yes. It's not going to go to you. You exactly. have to go out. So let's just uh, sum- summarize. How did you find these people that helped you? Because you're not just going to go, I am entitled to help of the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You need to find them to give yourself a chance. Yeah. They're not, you're not entitled to shit. You're, you need to find and ask to give yourself a chance. Exactly. So you mentioned it. Ask, no? Mm-hmm. Um, during that time, I am very transparent about my situation. Because, yeah. you know, I strongly believe that there are people who are very much willing to help. But yes. you kind of have to tell them that you need help. Correct. Diba? So, they they saw that I'm selling uh, itong mga turon, mga bananak yun na ito. Mm-hmm. And then, there are times wherein hindi ako makaka-attend ng, ng prom because, you know, again, it's money. Mm-hmm. And I was very transparent about it. No, ma'am, sorry, I cannot attend because yeah, I have It's heartbreaking money. too, by the yeah. way. So, and you know what? Since they knew the situation, they have extra, they helped out. Yeah, and that's, in. again, because mm-hmm. you are very transparent about who you are and the need that you needed. And same goes with the Daughters of the Crown Virgin. And I am not a religious person, Ron, but you know, whenever I'm going through a tough time, I would always go to the Miraculous Medal and pray. Wow. And my specific prayer was that, hey, I want to go to college, but I don't have the money. So I need help. Nice. <laughs> no? And then I saw kids... Um, bless sila sa mga madre. Okay. And these are Italian sisters. Italian okay. and Filipinos combined, no? So, nag-bless din ako. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I heard, okay. you know, may pagkamarites na yata nung mga panahon <laughs> So, I heard they're talking about, oh, Saturday, you have to come to the convent because you have to clean the the garden now in exchange right. for the, the weekly allowance and things like that. No, I got curious about it. Yeah. So, I inquired. And apparently, they are offering scholarships. Wow. So, the following day, a nun went to our house, did, you know, the usual CI and all of those, talk mm. to my grandparents, assess our situation, things like that. After a week, they said, yeah, we're going to be wow. financing you. In exchange for me, 
becoming a lector and commentator for the church every Sunday. I'll take yeah. that. Every Saturday, I would have to clean the the garden. That's fine, right? Yeah. So that that's no. That's so you my earn it because you it. don't. This is a charity, and people feel entitled. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, no. So you earn every single peso that they invested yeah. in you. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, last question before we take our first break. When that happens, so obviously now you have wherewithal to uh, tuition's covered now. Yeah. How did you manage to survive and what was it, what did it feel like when you finished college? Ah, uh, after finishing college, oh my goodness. Feeling ko na ko sa loto. I think that's the feeling of winning from the lottery. And it's not just you, your parents. I, yes, exactly. And feeling ko during that time, Okay na ako. Yeah. Okay na ako kasi I got the diploma that I wanted. Right. And I'm ready to go to the next level. Sabi ko, oh, maglo-lawyer na ako. Okay. Kaya lang, di ko na tinuloy. Di okay. ko na, ayoko na pala mag <laughs> <laughs> You're done. Uh, right. I'm done. And I'm already in the BPO sector na eh. At that Nung point. Nung panahon So, okay. Last segue before we take our first break. So, hustle in between uh, the college was you were already... Um, doing the fast food hustle, you had a scholarship. What was the breakthrough for you to get into the BPOs? Because me too, I just tried my luck. I got lucky. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I, I can be a good telemarketer. But how did you break in? And why BPO, first, first of all? Because yeah. that's not everybody until now. Huh? Uh-huh. People shit on the BPO industry. Like, oh, I'll say today, like, dude, bro, this, this, this made me. And sometimes we yeah. actually make more money than you. Well, yeah. not just sometimes. We make more BPO money. employees. Exactly. But it's not an easy money. grind. Yeah. Not for everyone. But okay, walk me through how you got how you got in the BPO industry. Tatrabaho ko nan sa McDonald's sa Ayala, Alabang. Okay. Don't tell me there's a madre again. That no, no, not really. <laughs> I saw the big ano, tarpaulin of HSBC ah. in Alabang. Ah. Na hiring. I, during that so time, near town, the McDo in town. The McDo in town, you may drive through and then yeah, near Molito. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's my McDonald's. There you go. So, so ang daily commute ko niya now, I will always pass through Northgate now. Okay. Konti palang building noon, right. yan. Then HSBC was a huge building in that area. So Northgate, for those people who don't understand, that's like bunch of call centers, big yeah. ass call centers in that area. Right? Yeah. Till now, there's a bunch of call centers. Right. Dami ng buildings. So, sabi ko. Ah, and then call center during that time was already a buzzword day. Right. Na high pay. What year was this? 2000, I think 2007 then. Oh, see? We're, uh-uh. we're Eskimo brothers. Oh, oh do <laughs> On the year that we came in. 2007. Right. And, then, and mm. they said that, ah, they pay so so high. Yeah. More than the minimum wage. And I was like, oh, yeah. really? More than minimum wage? Dude, more than one k was my starting. Mine was 11K. Wow. I think it's based on the skills, Ron. I don't you, know. You I probably, just, you probably got your scanning. accent na by no, I did not. during that time. The only thing I knew was GTA. God, Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> that's the only thing I knew how to freaking... Yo, some motherfucker. That's, that's, that's how I tried to emulate before. I wow. got 11. So I applied for the role. Um, so I said, ah, you need some English training and things like that. It's called SLT. Special yeah. language training. But you're not going to be paid... Uh, how was your English back then? Oh, you know, I said to you. Wala. Wala talaga. Wala talaga. Okay. Was it, it, how hard was it? 
oh, it was so hard because you need to learn a lot of things, di ba? Okay. Aside from the accent, you need to have the twang. Twang. The, since HSBC, so bank account. No, you can't bank account. Not, not, you don't say bank account. Uh-huh. Bank account. So then not, you don't say water. Yeah. You say water. I know. Right? And then I, I had issues with my grammar really huge issues with my grammar back then. Right. That's why they, they have to put me on a special language training. Okay. That was a, I think, yeah, it was a three-week uh, training with HSBC. Right. So that's how it all started in the BPO sector. That's amazing. All right, now let's take our first break. Let's cliffhanger this one out and then we'll talk about how you got, so go overcoming grammar all the way because you stayed here for a long while. Yeah. And this startup that you did is obviously to solve problems for the BPO in the BPO industry. But let's talk about that more after the break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We are still with Bo Descarga, who now has some grammar issues on, <laughs> <laughs> on the call center grind. Don't mind my PNF. Okay, B, like, peace, and uh, F, and T, T, H. B, and V, You don't sound like Coco Martin, naman. <laughs> but again, it's it's hard. And again, I realize this, it wasn't easy. Maybe it's because I really, again, thank God for Grand Theft Auto. Thank yeah. God for rap music. Yeah. Thank God for R&B. I was able to sing along and all of that shit. So, I, it carried Buti on. Buti nga ka, ako itbulaga lang ako. <laughs> and I was even... Dubber cuts. Oh, okay. Hindi pa dubber cuts. Sex bum. Sex bum. Sex bum. Daisy shit eh. Uh-oh. There you go. And, and my trainer would always tell me, hey, stop watching itbulaga. You have to start <laughs> You have to start watching CNN now wow. because you need to get that And accent. you have to talk to the freaking guy on the television Diba. as if you're talking to them, right? Exactly, right. Oh man. So how did that 
how do you overcome that? And now let's talk about skill stack. So you got in HSBC. Yeah, let's talk about that first. I know, Cytel. Cytel first, eh? and then HSBC, or is that the other way around? The other way around. Okay, so HSBC first, yeah. then Cytel. So how do you get over, how do you overcome the the twang problem, right? Yeah. America, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then how do you, what are the skills that you then stacked after that? So to to overcome all of those, really, I just follow the instruction of my trainer. Okay. CNN, BBC. Right. Stop thinking in Filipino. Not, Start not, not thinking BBC, in... that typical, not the big block. Okay. Okay. <laughs> not, not that type of BBC. Uh, okay. the, the BBC and uh, news, news something. Yeah, news, something. news. There you go. News. So, mm-hmm. so I started watching all of those. I started watching English movies. Gotcha. Stop. No watching. more Daisy Shete. No more Eight Bulaga and Daisy oh. Shete. Definitely. No more MIB Payato. MIB ba yun? Magandang no MTV magandang tanghali ba yan? No, no more. Shout out. So. <laughs> so tigil na yan. Um, oh, we started man. getting cable um, cable channels. Uh, oh, okay. there you go. So I can learn how to how to speak the language. Um, so that's pretty much it. So I can because again, if you're gonna enter the BPO sector, you gotta have to have a good right. command of the language. Absolutely, that's number one. So that's how I really worked on honing mm. my skills in that space. And then you know the rest is history. Wow. Okay. So I'll, I'll zero in. The second thing that most people really get a shocker for. Is work hours. Mm-hmm. What was your work hours in in HSBC, and what was the account? I'm always serving the US. Um, so the yeah. HSB. So we're in house. Ah. So I'm serving the card services for the bank. Gotcha. Uh, so I get to talk to a lot of people in New York. Inbound. Yeah, inbound. So so inbound. Okay, when we're talking call center. Okay, so inbound is people call in. You answer. Hi, my name is. Ra- what yeah. was your fake name back then? Ah, walang fake name because it's a bank. Ah, so you're Bo. I'm Dominic, diba? Dominic. Oh. Hi, my name is Dominic. <laughs> How can I help you today? Right. So, For outbound is us yeah, fucking people over. <laughs> like, hey, do you need this? I am so... <laughs> That's where my sales, that was my first account. I was outbound. So I learned how to boodle yeah. at that point. But okay, walk me through. You're Dominic. How many calls a day and what did you then develop over that very first mm-hmm. few stints that you did? On an average, I would say I'm taking about 70 to 80 calls a day. Yeah, for that. Are day. they irate? No. Oh, not really. Oh, okay, because usually good. these are people that's going to call in because they received the card and they wanted to activate it. Ah, so it's a it's a good conversation. Yeah. When we talk irate, Exciting. that's where you get cussed but at. That was just my first year. <laughs> and right. then on my second year, that's the time that I would have to deal with irate callers. Oh, like shit. Like card you know, that are being declined fraud. overseas, fraud, things like that. Okay. So in, in that experience, number one, I get to I get to learn a lot of a lot about the financial industry. Really? Because they will ask you about their APR. What is an APR? Annual percentage rate on their card. Uh-huh. Why am I getting nine nine point nine nine APR compared to my friend who got, you know, six point ninety nine, something like that? Yeah. Then I would have to discuss to them about the Wall Street and things like that, the right. financial mm-hmm. um, you know, metrics that are being dictated by by Wall Street and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Gotcha. I've learned about credit reporting, how mm-hmm. important it is to get a credit report and maintain a good credit standing. So yeah. things around financials. But soft skills. Soft what, skills. What were you developing at that point? Empathy. Yes. And patience. Empathy yes. in the sense that, hey, stop judging the person. Mm. It's not all about you. It is the experience that they're having right now. Correct. And I've learned that on my second year in the sector. 
because now I'm handling irate callers. At right. the beginning, I would take it personally to the point that I will be very stressed about it. Yeah. But then again, and you bring it home. Yeah, you bring it home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not healthy. Yes. Until such time that I get to attend a lot of trainings and we were taught that, you know what, it's not about you. Yep. Um, unfortunately, you are the ones on the phone. You and, have to take it for the team. Yeah. Unfortunately, right. that's the job. Take it as it is, but you know, don't take it personally. Correct. Then that's where I learned about empathy, sympathy, and you know, patience. And I'll just add on to that. I'm pretty sure you went through this and problem solving. Yes. Because you can't just take it in like, oh my God, you yeah. just said the worst shit to me. Yeah. And I'm yeah. I empathize, I know what you feel, but you didn't get to fucking solve yeah. the problem. Right? And and also not being judgmental right. in a sense that some because sometimes customer will tell you what are the problems that they're experiencing. And yeah. you got you already have a um what they call this, a solution in your mind. Correct. But, but you know, you Get still need right. to make sure that that customer would tell you what are things going on before you provide the solutions. So Absolutely. That's hold your horses. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. Again, the main the main thing that most people so the, the skills you can learn eventually through time. Yeah. Most people and this is real. Burnout is real in the BPO mm-hmm. industry. And all it's because of the time. So you're, you're always, you're a vampire. Mm-hmm. Okay. And most people just don't make it past. So again, six months an eternity in BPO. Yeah. You did years, bro. So, <laughs> wow. So how did you overcome those things? So, and again, most people in, in one wave or batch, whatever you call it, in your call center. Yeah. Probably, I guess, the first 10 yeah. You see, after a few months, there's just five of you. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're just the only one left. You're the survivor. Yeah. How do you go over that? This again, it's another grind. Yeah. Similar to how you grinded when you were in fast food. Yeah. When you're studying, it's not easy. Nobody gave you again an easy path. This is yeah. a hard grind. How did you get over those things? You know, Ron, I feel that the things that happen in the past is a preparation for the things that's gonna happen for me in the future. Yes. Remember. I'm doing high school and college and I have fast food in the evening. Mm-hmm. Feeling good, that's my training in the graveyard shift. <laughs> <laughs> Just with jolly hot dogs. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I feel that that's my training to do graveyard yeah. shift. That's right. why after college, after my McDonald's and my Jollibee years, I jump right into the BPO sector, servicing mm-hmm. East Coast, which is obviously… Nice. 12 hours. Yeah. Um, 12, the night 13 hours. In Manila. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then stay there. So… Going into the graveyard shift is not really a huge issue for me because I feel that I have been trained during my yeah. I was so ready to take it. Um, The only challenge that I had then was really the language. Got it. But again, through repetition, you'll eventually get be be good at it. Okay. Um, After this, what was the next step? So again, you did HSBC, and again, we'll just breeze through this and walk me through the most. Because again, I'll just describe. Both career real quick. So he started out 2007. He was in the BPO industry up until 2022. Two. Last year. That's an eternity, my man. <laughs> right? Most people don't make it past that. And again, um, it's hard. So walk me through this, this, these real quick so we can talk about, obviously, um, a better team. But yeah. what was the next big skill stack that you acquired yeah. and how did you move up the ladder from center to center? Right. So just so people would know, I started as an agent. So I know the in and out of that. Yeah. So alam ko kung ginagawa I know the 
you know, all the stuff that you guys are yeah. doing there. So mm-hmm. I started as an agent. I think I stayed as an agent for at least four years of that 12 oh, years wow. in the BPO sector. Uh, the B- the pivotal year was with StarTech. StarTech. Ah, okay. StarTech dito, near this mm-hmm. building. Uh, that's where I entered as, a, as, as an agent for a Pioneer account back then. And then... Inbound at one. Inbound okay. for a huge telco in the U.S., Mm. So we're working. There's only three that really matters there: AT&T, <laughs> T-Mobile, Sprint. Okay. I know. Mm-hmm. So and then I took calls for them for for I think six months, and then got promoted into a senior specialist. Stayed for that tier role. Two. Yeah, tier two, and then mm. stayed there for another six months. Okay. And then uh, uh, a good friend who got promoted to be to 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 a senior role for employee engagement, reach out and said, you know what? I need someone that's going to help me navigate through all the employee experience stuff for StarTech. Mm. Um, do you want to take an internship? Mm. So I took that internship and learned the in and outs of employee experience and employee engagement, get to talk to executives and stuff like that. And I knew during that time that, oh gosh, this is what I wanted to do. Why? I don't know. There's there's just a totally different feeling in in executing activities, events that people are enjoying, you know? So it's With, the HR. There's something in oh you that's, that's, that's… Like, imagine, Rona, I'm going to be, you know, walking to my cubicle and then one employee will approach me and say, hey, you know what? Thank you. You bring this brand to, to our office. We love it so much. Bo, thank you. I love the party. I love the, the year-end party. Bo, when is going to be the next party? So… I enjoyed those kind of conversation and the connection that I built, not only with the leadership team, but also with employees that are working for, for the company. Why is it so important to do that in a BPO sector? Because again, I've seen BPOs mm. that also just don't give a fuck. Yeah. Right? Borderline sweatshop. I'm not saying that all. Oh, there are some, mm-hmm. right? That don't treat their employees as, as like that. And again, I'll, I'll empathize because back then, it was just me and my co-founders who were doing this. Mm-hmm. And then we got hit by this shit Mm-hmm. Mid last year, early, oh, yeah, early last year, and like, shit, we got to do better. Yeah. We can't let our f- people feel like they're overworked because nobody, none of us wake up and say, hey, we want to fucking overwork you. Yeah. We don't, but none of us know this stuff. Yeah. And shout out to our HR manager in Podcast Network Asia. Her name is Jean. And that's the same approach. All of a sudden, she came in and everything just freaking normalized. Now yeah. we can achieve the metrics. That we done, and we did three X last year mm-hmm. of what we were yeah. able to do because we were stable. Mm. I've I've seen that magic happen, yeah. right? Um, where people feel how they're supposed to do because employees, again, no matter how good your fucking founders are, yeah. you need the team that is better than you yeah. in what you do. You need a specialist that's gonna take care of your people. That's what it is. Correct. So um, okay, why is this so important? Sorry, I I, I went on a tangent a little bit. Yeah. Why is this so important for companies? It is important for companies primarily because, you know, whenever retention, attrition is expensive. You don't want to lose your highly skilled people. That's the main goal. Absolutely. If they're performing so well, you want to keep them. And you want to make sure that you are providing all the support they needed so they can continue to be the highly skilled individual in the organization. Mm -hmm. Because again, if you're going to be losing them, there's there's going to be a monetary value that's going to be attached to it. Yep. And hiring is not easy. It's not easy. Oh we are God. we are in a very saturated job market right now yep. where people are so picky about the job. <laughs> to, <laughs> Tell me about it, man. So picky. So hard. <laughs> um, 
you invite them to come to the office for an interview and they will even hug you. Can we just do it over Zoom? So that's that's how it is now. Unlike and this is people, the worst. Yeah? More than half, two thirds don't even fucking show up. Oh, see? Online. Yeah. And even if sometimes you already extended the job offer, they've signed it, they will tell you on the first day that, you know what? Ah, not going to continue Effective with the job immediately. offer. immediately. Bye. Right. Yeah. That, so, so that rolls up to us founders, um, business operators, giving so much focus on people engagement and experience, hiring a specialist to take care of that. Because again, it's hard to find talent and attrition is so expensive. Got it. Now, when this was cleared for you, how did you keep doubling down? Because again, there are a skill stack of you being an agent. So you can empathize well, mm -hmm. not just to the customer, but you can also empathize mm -hmm. to the agent, to the TL, to the tier two, to the QA, everybody else. Mm -hmm. Even probably the ops man. All right. Um, how did you keep building on that skill or that direction, given then you, I think you found your calling. Yeah. How did you keep doing that? Because again, this wasn't your training. You had to find and build on top of that again. How did that work? You know, I, I just immerse myself. I, I always think that I don't have the you know all the skills I needed to be successful at what we do. Okay. I always think that, you know, there's always someone better than me. And by acknowledging that, I knew that I would have to immerse myself, partner with them. Um understand the job that they're doing even if at some point of my career I've been into that you know into that space already yeah. because at the end of the day and I think this is something that I've honed um, when I entered the HR world at the end of the day we want to make sure that we understand where their decisions are coming from you know um, and as an HR we have to balance that our own biases truth be told there's always an HR bias right yeah. but we want no such thing as unbiased right. HR oh, that's also we set us aside right. and we try to balance okay where is this opsman coming from where is this agent coming from where is this supervisor coming from and then from there I, I hope by looking at that you, you become much more effective at what you do as an HR actually a lot of the agent hustle Applies where you are with HR. You need to listen. Yeah. You need some people are irate. Some yeah. people are, even, yeah. are 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 emotional. You gotta let them vent out and yeah. then you have to get to the a lot of the problem. But hard skills wise, what are the things you had to learn uh oh. at this path for you to then be considered a real HR professional in a BPO yeah. setting. Because uh, you can say you're HR, but dude, BPO is a beast on its yeah. own. We're talking thousands of employees here. Yeah. And engaging them is not a, not a picnic. Mm -hmm. How, what are the skills that you had to acquire? Hard skills and probably even soft skills to really come through. And then later on, we'll discuss how did you want to solve this yeah. as a startup founder? Okay, but then let's zero in on the skills first. Well, number one, I got to have to learn the labor law. Mm. That's one. So I enrolled so myself. That's uh, your frustrated lawyer inside. Uh, there yeah. you go. So I had to learn the labor law because at least the basic of it, the high level of it. So I would, uh, you know, because there are, you know, people would think, ah, oh, HR, events, events lang yan. <laughs> no. Whenever, to, whenever we need to talk to an employee or anyone in the organization, oh, there are yeah. some dynamics behind that conversation. Mm -hmm. There are some words that we shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't be using. Okay. So the dynamics behind that is something that you can learn by learning the labor law. Okay. Because you don't want to be, you know, called out because of technicality. So that's right. one. Um, another is, you know, trainings around coaching, performance management, because mm -hmm. that's rolling up to HR too. Correct. Maybe Opsman, 
they 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 know the metrics that they would want to drive, yep. but they don't know how to implement it in their in their department or in their line of business. And that's where HR is going to be coming in. So Got it. As an HR person, I need to learn how to do performance management, how to package it in such a way that it's going to be agreeable for you know the employee and and the management. So okay. those type of skills, and then aside from your usual empathy, sympathy, and you know not being biased as much as possible. Yeah, but again, it's easier said than done because you can just say the skills. What was the hardest thing to do? Because sometimes as when we get too used to being a certain mm. say agent or whatever. Mm. It's hard to unlearn certain things. What was yeah. the hardest pivot for you to become uh HR prof? Again, who now is in charge of everybody's well-being? Yeah. That difficult conversation. So, you know, I'm always afraid to have a difficult conversation with anyone during my early HR years. Mm. And I've realized that nah, I gotta have to change this. Okay. Because that's gonna be my day my daily job. So when you say the difficult conversations, like you have to let go of someone. Let go of someone. Terminating someone, okay. telling a, a managing director that nope, unfortunately I cannot support your whatever you want. Yeah. Um, even telling, you know, operations team that nope, I understand that you are trying to minimize your cost, but this is affecting morale already. So those type of conversations, you know, as Filipino, we're afraid of saying no. We're afraid of difficult conversation. Correct. But with with that exposure that I had, I think it became easy for me to navigate through that conversation. How did you become better at it? And was there a method you developed that we can share here with Hot Share listeners? Um, for me, whenever I get asked on how to start with that difficult conversation, just be plain and simple. See, the problem with, yeah, with Filipinos is that, you know, we're not so straightforward. So we're we will be indirect begin, all the time. Right. Indirect. So we're gonna start with a story and things like that. Yeah. And it ruins the dynamic of the conversation. So if mm. you're having a difficult conversation, most especially about performance mm. and or maybe termination, be direct. Mm. Uh, at the beginning, define what's the conversation's all about. Mm. And since if it's a termination or performance, I'm sure there's gonna be numbers attached to it. Be um quantitative. As gotcha. much as possible, um, because you know numbers cannot be disputed. Right. Um, so that's that's how I would uh, I would approach it. Mm-hmm. Uh, be direct to the point. Stop you know going around. The Actually, bush. the hardest part, and I had to go through this to start a founder in first time, is like shoot, how do I fire someone? The hardest part is the prep, mm-hmm. the pre meeting. Yeah. And majority of the time, I'm actually more nervous than the guy that I'm talking to. <laughs> right? Um, and you know, I would understand that because, yeah. again, you're terminating the employment and that person is dependent on that employment. Absolutely. It's and never you, easy. It's like breaking up. Yeah. You are technically taking away the li- the, 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 yeah. the the livelihood of that person. Yeah, it's it, it's not like, oh God, you're not Vince McMahon yeah. to say, you're fired. No, you, yeah. it's not like that, right? And so many layers you, of that, and you care for that person, right. right? And mind you, you know, I feel bad about it too because yeah. again, I've been into that situation. I'm an agent also. Correct. I'm a supervisor. I'm a manager as well, and I'm terminating an agent today that I don't know how much dependency that person yeah. have on that. How many mouths depend right. on that? But then yeah. again, you know, um, well, the numbers. It is what there. it is. Yeah. Right. So just 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 zero in on that before we talk about the itch. Um, the itch, which is you being a founder. <laughs> um, how did that? Uh, how do you prepare for those difficult conversations? Because a lot of fa- a lot of people that uh, listen to Hustle Share mm. are probably well into their first startup mm. 
are preparing to be a founder mm-hmm. and it's inevitable you're gonna have to fire someone mm-hmm. the worst firing i've had to have had to do was when i had to shut down my first startup mm-hmm. that's like fucking 10 people and i had to sh- we had to shut down because we don't have money left mm-hmm. that's the most awful feeling i've ever yeah it's like very close to the feeling of grief mm-hmm. if you ever lost someone you know yeah. how that feels it's very similar yeah. grief plus heartbreak yeah so, so i would say that's an easy termination conversation because again they knew that the business you know didn't flourish that's why we're still, ending it. but, but, but i, agree I with wouldn't you. wish it on anyone right right um but termination around performance you know that's an that's a that's an easy conversation to have also because again it's driven by numbers. Gotcha. Now to prepare, number one, whenever you do termination as much as possible, make it like a one-on-one conversation. Don't do panel. I can see people doing termination like, oh, three of you, I'm terminating all of you. No, please <laughs> oh don't my do that. God. Some and I remember wow. I think a year or two ago, terminated. You're not Donald Trump, my man. Yeah, so there. Terminated via Zoom. Please don't do that. Oh um, my God. As much as possible, we want to have that personal conversation, one-on-one conversation, because again, you are taking the livelihood of that individual. Yeah. Depending on the reason for termination, be ready with documentation. Um, if it's performance, then you get all the scorecard. Okay. That's why I'm always telling managers and uh, managers that hey, if you see a dip on performance, start documenting, because at the end of the day, what I wanted to see. Because they would usually come to me and get an approval for termination, right? Mm. The person that I asked them, have we talked to this individual? Mm. What are the things that we've done so we can help this person go to that goal that we wanted this person to achieve? And gotcha. if I'm not going to see that in the documentation, I'm going to deny the termination. So be mm. prepared with documentation. Get it all laid out. And be transparent. Straightforward. Got it. All right. Let's talk about the itch. Yeah. How did you start feeling this? Because again, a lot of BPO... Um, Execs. So mm. at this point, you're already an exec. You've been through how many, right? Um, JP Morgan being the last. JP Morgan, you did Accenture, you yeah. did Quantrix, you did JP Morgan, right? So you've been to reputable things and most people enjoy it. They yeah. become lifers, mm. right? Well, you here saw a problem mm. and with a problem came an itch. Yeah. How did it start dawning into you and why did what made you take the jump? Ah, it was part of my metric. So I am being measured against employee attrition for the site that I'm managing, because that's 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 really the foundation of. What was a what is a healthy? What was the metric like? Can you just share? So, so just just so you know, employee attrition is all about you know the number of employees that are leaving the organization yeah, within a specific in, period in of time, right? right? Yeah, churn in SaaS. So I am not allowed to go beyond twelve percent annually. Monthly. Wow. 12%. Attrition in the BPO sector is so high. Yeah. And guess what? My organization is having at least 30, averaging 38 to 40. Shit. So I need to work on lowering that, obviously. Wow. Uh, Mm. Because again, remember I told you earlier, um, every employee that you're going to be losing, there's an equivalent amount on, on those and attrition this is people resigning resigning people like oh, I'm gonna fire all of oh, y'all that's right? different yeah right. mm-hmm. Be- because we have this good attrition and bad attrition good right. attrition is people that I wanna let go because again they're not contributing <laughs> to the success yeah. Yeah. so I'm talking about the bad attrition where highly skilled employee decided to leave the organization because they got a good offer or whatever reason that they may have got it um, so it's part of my metric and I have been trying to figure out what are the things that I can do so for all the listeners here I'm gonna tell you the leadership is 
leadership and I'm 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 sharing this based on experience. They are all interested in the overall welfare of their employee. Genuinely interested. So always, always. Because I I got victimized by this. Can I just fucking share? Because this hit me hard. Because there was a point last year in our journey where people mm-hmm. fucking think that we are a tyrant and we don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Hell nah. What the hell, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who would think yeah. that, right? Um, if you're gonna talk to the executive, the C-suite. They are willing to allocate a portion of the revenue for employee experience and employee engagement. Dude, founders, panga, we're willing to give our salaries right? and not even make money. But right. as you grow the organization, uh. this is what I've seen. As you grow the organization, at some point, the disconnect is happening. Then yep. managers will now become focused on numbers, delivering the numbers. Yep. But if we're going to talk to C-suite, if you're going to talk to executives, they will tell you, no, employee welfare is our number one priority Amen. because they knew that if I'm going to take care of my employees, they're going to bring more to our business. We're going to be very successful. Correct. And that's the mandate of my role. Bo, you're coming into the organization because we're seeing a huge number of people leaving the organization. Figure out a way to minimize that. And I somewhere s- from the top to the bottom, it, yeah. it, it, it gets lost in translation. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's where my role is coming in. Um, identify the gap. Yeah. Um, fill that gap. So we can go back to the overall goal of making sure that employees are happy with what they do. They are fully satisfied and supported. Got it. I try to look for solutions that's going to be able to help me out. Because again, if you're going to ask executives that, hey, I need 100 million pesos to get these things done. They have the money, Ron. They have the money. But you need to justify why you need 100. Um, And I don't have a number to support it. I try to look for tech solution, employee engagement tool that's going to be able to help me out. You know, support this proposition, and I cannot find it. It does not exist. That's where the idea of building an HR analytics tool came to mind. God. That you know what? HR are being mandated to come up with a solution. And for every solution, there's a money attached to it. But Mm. the thing is, HR is not capable of defending the need for that money in front of the executive because executives are driven by numbers. Absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. And HR doesn't know where to find those numbers. <laughs> it's so, in the filing cabinet. In the right? <laughs> 201 file. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where the idea of building a better team, an HR analytics tool that will identify, you know, triggers of employee experience, benchmarking that number against the industry standard. Okay. Because again, in the mind of the executives, they were saying, okay, Oh, 4.5 over 5. What's the industry? That's high. 4.5 over 5. But yeah. guess what? BPO in the Philippines, 4.8. Fuck. Yeah. I'm short by 0.3. Oh, my God. So to achieve that 0.3, these are the things that we're going to do. And I need this X amount of money. What? You need you need that X amount of money? Yes, because Benchmark is telling us that, hey, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. So God. that's the, the idea behind it. Well, wait. What made you come from? Shit, I need this. I need this tool. Do you like... I will solve this problem because a lot of people come from that. Hey, I need it. It does not exist. No, no, I'll just stop. It is what it is. Yeah. But you made the extra jump to say, hey, I want to solve this problem. And it would be me and my team who will create this. How did that work? Number one, I got a PIP, Performance Improvement Plan, because I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm really not touching the numbers. Okay. Um, and I feel that I exerted so much efforts already. I even talked to people outside my network just so I can, you know, 
I so I can figure out what are the things that I can do. Okay. When I got the performance improvement plan, I knew that I need to build something that's going to be able to help not just me, but because I'm now I've seen that a lot of my friends in the space are also experiencing the same. And they're also looking for the same solution. So the problem really exists everywhere. It really exists. So the I would say the validation happened super early. Okay. But uh, during that time, I, I and it's your own itch too. You're, you're right. I've experienced you have it the firsthand. problem. That's why whenever I do sales call, you know, it would always take about an hour or two because we talk the same issue. We yeah. have the same DNA. We understand where each each of us, you know, coming yeah. from. So, so when I got that PIP, that was really the re- the realization that you know what, I want to work on this solution. Okay. And because I know that this is something that people around me um, are needing at the moment. How did that lead to tech startups? Because again, you came from agent, yeah. HR, have this big ass problem, this gorilla on your back, King Kong style. Yeah. Right? To that, shoot, okay, I want to solve this. But how did that lead you to tech startups? I don't even know that it was already a tech startup, to be honest with you. Oh. I just want to have a business out of it. So two ah. goals in building it. Number one, I want to solve my problem and the problem of my friend. Okay. Second, I want to gain wealth out of it because there again, I can go. sell it. Mm. Those are the only two things that I have in my mind. Okay. And in 2017, my idea of building a business was that, hey, you need to have your money, then use your own money to build your business. Yep. And you know, I have a good amount of money savings together right. with a couple of friends. We started building. But guess what? Since it's a tech startup, I need developers, right? And the, getting developers on board, it is expensive. Okay. I ran out of money. 2018. You funded it yourself? Yes, using Shit. my savings. So to get, so I said, you know what? I'm just going to put this idea on the shelves. Okay. That's it. Then maybe go back to it. Then joined, start, went back to my career. JP Morgan happened. Then the idea sparked in JP Morgan. Because now JP Morgan, eh, oh, am I allowed to share it? But I guess, yeah. Um, they are building a technology similar to what we're doing. But the thing is, it is only within the JP Morgan ecosystem. In, intro only. And then I remember, this is my problem. Yeah, And you and, lost money out of it. Yes, and lost money out of it. And guess what? I got introduced to machine learning. What the fuck is machine learning? Mm. Is that a machine learning something? Apparently, it's an algorithm and things like that. Yeah. Research it. Educate myself around it. Oh my, you can predict employee attrition using machine learning. And so while doing JP Morgan, I started reaching out to some friends. Same friends from before or different set of friends? Different set of friends. Okay. Okay, I'll just uh, pause on this one a little bit. What was wrong with the first set of friends where where it fa- where it's led to failure? Mm-hmm. And what is uh, what did you do differently now with this different set of friends that you're looking yeah. for? I think my first set of friends, shout out to them. <laughs> I'm sure they're gonna listen to this. Yes. Now we're still friends anyway. Of course. Oh yeah. Um, oh, FYI, you're still friends. Yeah. Oh, there you go. They are more into corporate jobs rather mm-hmm. than that founder. Yeah. Yeah. You know, leaving the corporate world because I think. That's a usual Filipino thinking. Like yeah. we we were raised to, hey, graduate in college. After that, get a good job. And and there's nothing there. wrong with that. Yeah, by the way. there's nothing there's wrong. Nothing about wrong it. with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing wrong about uh, with that because again, going into startup and becoming founders would require Dude. so much grit. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's 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 the reason why you know. We didn't, uh, we didn't do it the second time because they right. preferred to stay with their corporate job. What was the composition of that team? Because you want you need you need devs. Just, just describe that. Were you all BD? What was that like? We're, Prada? We're all HR. 
Ah, we don't have technology. One so, finance person. So you didn't have the technology. holy triangle. Yeah, gotcha. I don't have the the technology. Gotcha. Then when I decided, you know what, I'm gonna do this better team thing. Okay. I reached out to the previous uh, tech guy who did the 2017 version. Uh, version. Okay. And then I asked him that you know what, I'm not gonna be able to pay you anymore. What I can offer, however, is an equity as a co-founder of the business. Wow. He is now my co-founder doing all the technology. Nice. How did you know about the startup equity? All, oh. all that stuff. Oh my did- goodness. I have no knowledge. So pandemic 2020. So this is one of the good things that happened to me in pan- during the pandemic time. Okay. And Ron, I would understand if you're gonna laugh at it. No. So I won't. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's funny, I will. So, <laughs> so I wanna do it now, right? I wanna right. do it. I'm gonna build that technology, right. but I need money. Okay. And we're all short because it's pandemic. We're trying yep. to save some money. Keep it. Keep it. And then, wala kang ginagawa during the pandemic, but to do Netflix, I mm. I saw the startup K drama. There you go. I dissected that on YouTube, but I didn't finish the whole thing. Uh-uh. But all that time when I was watching startup, I was like, yep, that's what it is. It's just not that pretty. It's too pretty there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now there's a Filipino version of Bay Alonso and freaking uh, Alden Richard. So I don't know. But again, it opened up so many yes. people's like sandbox and all that right. shit. All right. So that's where my that's where I got exposed to equity. Uh, that you know, there are VCs, there are rich Did people. Did you find out your there. good boy? No. Okay. <laughs> Even if nasa Korea na ako, wala. <laughs> Saya. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you now have this interest, you have this problem, you have a co-founder, he thought of it of equity. How did you build the product? Okay. Yeah. And you already had a product X before. Yeah. How did you yeah. then turn it into a startup? So research, research, and then I stumbled upon Idea Space Cohort 9. Shout out Idea Space, Hello, Idea Kachan, Space Butch, people. and the yeah. rest of the guys. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm just going to try it because we don't have a product. Yeah. I only have the PowerPoint. And when ah. I ko nga yung first deck, my God, 30 minutes pitch. On <laughs> 30 minutes? Sounded like a fire, you said, uh, an appraisal meeting. Oh, oh right. grabe. And then now, no, in just three minutes, you have to finish it. I was like, oh, 30 minutes. So, PowerPoint, nothing really in there. Um, right. And then I pitched to Idea Space, and luckily mm. we got accepted. So, that's the trigger point that, oh gosh, we need to start validating because Idea Space g- gave a, you know, a good amount of money to start validating. Yep. So that's what we did. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we got the the interest of Book Adventure. Shout out. Buko. Shout out to the Poggy Boys. So Andrew Coger. Right. Uh, they Carlos Otermin and Saul Moya. No. They invested um on us so early uh, during the PowerPoint stage of our business. PowerPoint stage. PowerPoint palang. Pa As in wala. <laughs> PowerPoint. Okay, so I'll I'll pause here a little bit. How did that change, Bo? You came from HR. All of a sudden, a startup, a K-drama K, K fan. Yeah. And now you are a founder. Walk me through that process. Because it's not only till last year that you quit and jumped on it. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other fucking thing that you're going to have to deal yeah. with. But what was that process like? And walk me through that metamorphosis and yeah. how drastic were the changes? How did you adapt? I had to learn a lot of stuff. Uh, because again, I'm an HR person. I don't know yep. anything about business. I don't even know anything about financial modeling. I don't even know about financial forecasting. Siguro okay. one thing that I'm very proud about myself also is the self-awareness. Like I know the things that I have to work on. I know the things that I'm really good at and things that I'm really bad at. Yeah. So 
So I need to really learn things around fundraising, things around cap table, equity, um, legalities behind drafting. Which, by the way, if you need help with your cap table, we have our sponsor, Capita. If you want Ah. to have... To deploy ESOP, that's the best place for yeah. you to be able to free up to the first 25 users. Check it out at Capita.com. Sorry, oh, nice. I just had to plug. I uh-huh. just have an opportunity to segue. <laughs> I have a sponsor. I have to Feeling ko kailangan namin yan. Uh, Capita. Uh-huh. With a Q, ha? There you go. Mm-hmm. So, I had to learn all of those things. And while learning all of those, I also need to brush up on my HR skills as well. Pero this time, it's going to be totally different because now I'm transitioning from an employee relations person into an HR tech founder and HR operator too. Also doing, you know, all the financial stuff and accounting stuff behind Mm. it. So I need to learn all of those. And I, I had to, you know, I had to really take in so much humility yeah. to listen and learn from people who are expert in, in that. And space. unlearn a lot of the stuff that you, yeah. you know. And sometimes, you would have to also um, listen to someone na parang mas bata sa'yo, then you will be surprised, oh gosh, this person knows a lot of things mm-hmm. kumpara sa akin. So, that humility to listen and learn from other people is something that I really learned all throughout the journey. Okay. Alright, now how did you build the, the product? So, we started with part-timers. Obviously, we, we have very hey, limited… part-time Network Asia was our name for a while. There you go. <laughs> so, um, so my co- the good thing about my co-founder was that he got a lot of connections in the tech world. So, we never had any issues. Wait, who is your co-founder? Let's oh, give him love oh, and flowers. Of course, he's not co-founder X. Okay, yeah. let's give him love. Shout out to Ray Leonard Domasig. There, yeah. My co-founder. Mm-hmm. My tech co-founder now transitioning to into a COO role. There, you go. Yeah. So the good thing about Ray was that he got tons of connection to the tech world, like mm-hmm. developers. Because yes. prior to joining Better Team, um, he built his own software development firm where you know ah, he had a dev house yeah dev, dev shop house. Mm-hmm. yeah but unfortunately for some reason he needs to shut it down so when when i reach out to him and hey it's gonna be a startup he already have an idea about startup yeah um, and here you had a common pain you guys both failed briar yes yes exactly so so he jumped right on board bring a couple of people at the very beginning to yeah. start developing the product we let a couple of uh, companies use it okay um and then eventually get a huge market validation and use that validation to raise additional funding. Okay. And then built our second MVP. So we had MVP2. Nice. And then after the MVP2, onboarded more clients, get more feedback, and yeah. then transition into MVP3 that we launched in January 2022. That's, that is now currently being used by the market. That's amazing. So we started with contractors, part-timers, mm-hmm. maximize that time because that's that's what our resources can afford. And eventually, after we raised a substantial amount from Crestone, there you go. Um, we decided that, you know what, these early employees that joined us, we're going to transform them into full-time employees and offered them ESOP as well. You For, you know, believing into the product, believing on us at the very early stage mm-hmm. where, where what we only have is just, you know, a PowerPoint. There you go. That's what it is. Respect that hustle right there. But last question before we take our last break. After that, again, you have a product, you have a team. How did you validate? Because you said you had you mm-hmm. did three MVPs. Yeah. Okay. Three Mani V Panghilinans. Yeah. Yes, please. Shout out. There you go. <laughs> One MVP is not enough. Three MVPs. Yeah. Okay. So how did you validate and what are the th- pivots you had to do? Because if there's three MVPs, you had to learn mm. 
several things and you had to make you had to iterate a lot of stuff mm-hmm. what was that process like My, our validation is more of like a holding hand period with our users our clients really Got it. um so i started out within my circle Mm-hmm. So I never offered the product outside. And these are all potential clients because they're all HR. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, potential clients. HR, led by HR, my previous bosses actually. Mm-hmm. Nice. So um, I offered it to them, let them use it. And it was really a holding hand period where, where in every week we have a session. I would have to spend for Starbucks just to get that <laughs> <laughs> session booked. Shout out to all my HR friends okay. out there. And shout out to Starbucks. Yeah. For- <laughs> And don't we going to mention it the Boy, Starbucks the will bill you ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Starbucks underneath this office. So it was a weekly okay. then transition into bi-weekly then eventually I've realized that you know what yeah um let's mm-hmm. embed um, some sort of chatbot inside the platform so it would be mm-hmm. easy for them to communicate whatever oh, issues they have. Thing or two about chatbots, okay? All right. So that's how we really validated it. And then as a team we look at all of the feedback that we're getting and identify what are the things that we can do right now. Given the resources that we have, I mean manpower, skills, and 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 uh, people resources that we have. So that's how we pivot. At the mm. very beginning, we just wanted to collect information through our own internal survey. But then we realized machine learning doesn't work like that. Nope. Machine learning needs a huge amount of data. Absolutely. So it can the training data. So, so we re- okay. So how are we gonna do that? Then that's where the idea of HR system integration happened. So that's the biggest pivot of better team, from a usual survey platform that collects, you know, responses from employees. We're now connecting ex- connecting to existing HR data using our API, Got so it. we can have access to your to their historical information. That's the biggest Perfect. pivot. Nice. And then when Crestone jump on board, we the the door, um, no. We got introduced to opening a fintech feature inside the platform too. So if there's a, then we went to Korea, then we realized that you know what, HR tech can be integrated to different technology. It can be integrated to fintech. It can be integrated yeah. to benefits tech. It can be integrated to blockchain. Yeah. Because again, HR tech ha- we are technically the owner of employee data, and yes. if you're doing fintech, that's your basic KYC. Correct. So that's a take on. Take on the box already. Yep. Blockchain is all about contract signing, and you know it goes through yep. the HR tech contracts and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so those are the type of pivots that that happen to us all throughout that one year that we've been validating and talking to clients, getting perspective not just from the Philippine clients but also from our clients outside the country. All right, sounds good. All right, now let's take our last break, and when we come back, we will now talk about how they were able to get a little bit more traction and what happened in Korea and how they actually predict attrition. Well, let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, hustlers! It's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter. You grow your own startup because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprouts Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes, all the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 
5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll in HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey, hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoostTime deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers. I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust DragonPay. And we're back in the break. We are still with Bo Descarga again. Told us this amazing metamorphosis that he did from being HR to now the HR startup founder. All right. But I want to now understand. Okay. Um, you mentioned Korea prior to the break. What, what exactly happened in Korea and how, how did that open your whole perspective over 
this whole thing that you built that you can actually plug into a lot of things. Yeah. Well, Korea, uh, that's an accelerator program sponsored by the Korean government. So nice. What's been, it called? Um, KSGC, Korean Startup Grand Challenge. Cool. So they've been inviting foreign startups. It's exclusive to foreign startups. Mm -hmm. So imagine once you got selected, you're going to be working with several startup founders from all over the world. Nice. So it uh -huh. started with over 2,600 applications, I think. Then narrowed it down to 60. Nice. And then 50 were invited to the program. Mm -hmm. We were part of that 50. Amazing. And then the, the program ends with a demo day um, where... Each of us will, you know, we're given some grants and some cash prizes as well. Nice. But really, the goal there is to bring your solution into the country. And then, since it's a government-led accelerator, the government will lead all the introductions. So we get nice. to talk to CHRO of Kakao Talk, CHRO of Samsung, which is usually a, um, you know, a hard meeting right. to to schedule. Right. Plus, you know. Kore Koreans as well. So the language yeah, bar those is are huge. Also, yeah. Right. So they're they're gonna give you all the support: interpreter, wow. office space, um, introductions to VCs. Sangyu. Yes, a lot of sangyu. Okay. Yeah, a lot of sangyu, <laughs> and <laughs> money right. too. Ah, so nice. free money. Who's gonna absolutely decline that? Yep. So we spent three months there uh, talking to a lot of people. Um, we've onboarded three clients in the country. Amazing. Uh, really happy about that. Um, the realization in South Korea, actually, when we entered the South Korean market, we realized that we are appealing to organizations with a global operations rather than organizations that are just operating locally. Correct. So that's also one of the pivots that we're working on right now because our marketing strategy is really focused on acquiring local. Mm -hmm. But then again, when we got into the Ernst and Young Corporate Venture Program and then the Korea going together, mm -hmm. we are more on the global space. So we're trying to revamp our, our overall sales strategy. Nice. Because apparently... Global companies got a global culture that they're driving and they wanted solution. That's mm. going to be able to tell them whether that global standard of culture is being met by their regional offices in, let's say, Singapore, Malaysia, or yeah. Korea. Again, it's universal, man. I don't yeah. care what it is. But again, this is, especially if you have, what's a, what's a, the head count? Like a hundred and above? This is, this something, this is something yeah. that, you know, a um, hundred packs, you know, this is something that you should now start investing on this area. right right hundreds um, of employees whenever you, you reach that point that's a time that yep. you have to start monitoring employee experience because that's where the disconnect is now happening dude it happened way earlier than us and we were what 50 at that point Fuck, so was, for all of the founders that are listening right man. now start budgeting for your HR if you, you see you should actually that, if, if you, as soon as you can get yeah. one probably around the 20 yeah especially this this as fast as you can go, uh, depends. It it's varies, but I swear to God, it's the best investment you'll get. Yeah. Because once you get hit by the, and we got also hit by the, the Great Resignation. Yeah, yeah. It's fucked up. So you're you need just, a, you're just trying specialist. to get to your metrics. Yeah, but you have to deal with this monster inside. Yeah, and you as a founder, you you're focused on your financials, driving your metrics. Yeah. But you know. Those numbers will be driven by the people. Correct. And you need a specialist to take care of your people. Expert, actually. Very yeah, good. experts. Yeah. So invest on your HR. All right. Absolutely. Now, uh, in terms of the tech, I'm, I'm very, very curious how you can predict attrition. How, mm. how is that even possible? Because, again, there's so many factors when people leave, you mm. know. Uh, better opportunities yeah. are they stretched how do you even put that into a metric and even predict that mm -hmm. thing 
uh, and that's revolutionary for a lot of the companies, especially if the key is retention. Yeah. So you're right. There are a lot of factors and nuances behind employee attrition, and right. it varies from, you know, from one culture to another. Right. So the way we do it, um, remember I told you, we need to get historical data mm. so we can see trends. Mm. So we look at different types of data points. Like, like right, right now, we're looking at demographics. That's your age, your um, education, mm. um, even your distance from the office. We look mm. at that. Uh, we even look at how many times the... Um, did this employee get an increase over a period of time? Okay. Um, and then look at um, what they call this, the the performance management document, such as written warning, verbal warning. Okay. Have they been issued those type of document? And then based on the massive amount of data that we have in our algorithm, we get to, uh, we get to see, okay, it looks like whenever an employee is being issued a written warning within six or three months, that employee now decides to leave the organization. Oh. Now, in that decision made by the employee, we also look at some other factors and then that's where the salary will be will become right, part of right. the overall prediction. We look at the, the the distance from the office because we wanted to see whether working from home, kilometers from the headquarters has an impact on the decision to leave the organization. So it's really the predictive model that's doing that for us. Yeah. Using all of those massive data that we have gathered from the HR integration that we did with the existing HR system of our clients. Right. Just me being the edit that I am. How accurate is it? And how accurate are you able to predict this? Because if this is accurate, then dude, you just you just have the oracle all of a sudden. You understand like, holy shit, this yeah. is what's going to happen soon and these are the things I have to improve to prevent this from happening. Yeah, yeah. Our target based on the benchmark data on attrition predictive analytics is at 92%. That's the global standard. Wow. But right now, based on the 2022, when we did our our benchmarking, we are currently at 89%. Pretty prediction. close. Pretty close. So our data science team is now working closely on identifying what other data points we can look at mm -hmm. so we can achieve that at least global standard of mm. of um what they call that's accuracy. Got so it. that's a goal. 92 is our goal. Uh, right now, we, have, we are at 89. Okay. So uh, last year, uh, you officially made the jump. Yeah. Right? What was that big adjustment again? Because again, I'll just uh, read verbatim your post from two days ago. I saw it. I think I liked <laughs> it. But I'm not. You said, I just have to say, owning and running a startup business is no easy feat. It has its own shares of wins and losses that are not for the faint-hearted. So if you're a startup business owner yourself, you must be brave enough to face all types of challenges. You need measures in place to ensure that you're not setting up your venture for failure. Download and sign up to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> better team. Just kidding. That, that wasn't an ad. But again, this is real. I, yeah. I, I felt that, yeah. right? But I said, mm -hmm. welcome to the game. <laughs> what what was that process like when you now don't have the safety net of the PPO? Yeah. It fully made that jump. Yeah. And all the pressure is on you, right. Mr. Bo Descarga. Right. How 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 what was that like? Oh, it was a lot of adjustments on my part because number one, I don't get the same amount, you know, the salary that I'm getting from JP Morgan. <laughs> yep. Welcome to poverty. <laughs> when, I, when I told my my Lola that I'm gonna be resigning from my job at JPMC, she said, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> no, no, no. The first question was, "Okay, what are you gonna do?" And then I said, "No, I'm gonna start my business. How much are you gonna be making with that business? Nothing. Um, I might not get paid for the next six months." And he was, "Are you crazy?" 
Because, you know, JPMC provided a lot for the family yeah. during the most difficult time. Absolutely. And it was a six-digit job, you Absolutely. know? Um, so the adjustment on expenses is definitely a huge, huge yeah. one for and me. And you being a breadwinner. Right. Mm-hmm. At the same time, managing the team also. Because, again, we are driven by by milestones. Right. And I got to have to make sure that the team is well-motivated, the team is well on track. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, you know, managing our investors as well. Now yeah. that we have institutional investors coming in, we have, you know, foreign investors also put their money in our business. I got to have to make sure that those reportings and conversations will continue because that's now rolling up to me. And unfortunately, as a founder and CEO, you only have your co-founder as your yes. the person that you can vent out to. And and whatever things that's happening, you own you own those. Yep. What stops with you? Yep. It stops with you and that's it. And and sometimes it gets exhausted, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, you got to have to sleep, wake up in the morning and spark that motivation once again. Right. But let's talk about the the fun stuff. When it works. Yeah. How, how, because again, probably eight days out of ten, it's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> there are two days that, holy shit, it's so good. Yeah. Fuck the eight days. It, we, we good again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, walk me through how you generated traction. Because you're not going to get investment if you didn't generate yeah. traction. And I'm not going to hear about you if you, if you were you were nothing, <laughs> right? You're on the radar, my man. So good stuff. But I want to understand, um, how were you able to then, after three MVPs, generate traction where people are willing to pay? Because that's when you start having yeah. you know, real traction and you validate it. This then becomes a revenue-generating startup. Yeah. You know, the traction was heavily driven by my inner circle. I'm just so happy that I built a lot of connections in the BPO industry who's also experiencing the same problem. Right. And since we understand each other, we have the same DNA, it was so easy for me to sell to them nice. and get them on boarded. You know the fear that I'm having right now, Ron? Mm-hmm. After I exhausted my inner circle, I would have to go out. And I think that's where the tough conversation is going to happen. Mm. And I think we're slowly coming into that stage already. Yep. At this point, if you're going to ask me, After was the it, low-hanging Yeah. Fruit. Was it hard for you to get traction? Right now? No, I don't think so. Because right. it was so easy for me to get them on board. Because they knew, oh mm. gosh, you're building it. I almost terminate you for that. Now mm. you're doing it. So yeah, get us on board. Nice. Um, so that's, that's, that's how we gain the traction that we're having right now. Nice. Amazing. Again, we're rooting for you in the next... Uh, Next level or next circle. You uh, wait because we're flying to Tel Aviv this year. There March. you go. Joining Techstars. Again, I, I, I'm a big fan now. Uh, after learning your story, very big fan and I'm, I'm rooting for you. I hope you get more and more monies and more and more customers. But before I let you go, I just have a few questions that uh, we need to discuss. Again, the data is determinant for you how to prevent attrition. Mm-hmm. But the data ain't going to do shit. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna help you l- keep your employees. Mm-hmm. If you're talking to startup founders and also business people right now, what are gonna be your tips? So you have the data, perfect. If yeah. you have that data, but sometimes you don't. Yeah. What's the best practice to keep an engaged and happy employee experience? Yeah. So I would I would tell them not to rely heavily on employee experience solution. 
Okay. Always remember, not not because you're paying better team $2.99 per employee, your employee experience will improve over time. No, absolutely not. I'm always telling HR during my sales, sales pitch that, you know, it's a partnership that we have to do. We right. supply you data. We supply you actionable items. Mm. But in terms of executing them, it's still going to be in the leadership in HR. So that's, that goes with saying that not because you have the tool in place, you're going to rely heavily on improving your employee experience based on that tool. No, it's still going to be a partnership with that tool and someone expert in the space of HR. Got it. So I'm always telling founders whenever I talk to them that you know employee engagement, employee experience is heavily driven in the leadership level. Nice. And you as a leader, it is your responsibility to make sure that you check on those people that are rolling up to you. Because again, what I've seen was that mm. leadership, Founders, CEOs, they are well invested in making sure that their employees are satisfied yeah. and happy with their job. But something is happening along the way that it gets disconnected yeah. in the management level. So keep an eye on that. Mm -hmm. Find that gap. Make sure that you check with your managers because it's true that employees are not resigning because they don't like the company. They are resigning because they fucking hate their managers. Right. So make sure They're that your there. managers are checked. Yeah. So founders, I know your heart mm. wanted to focus on making sure that your employees are well satisfied. Yep. But you know, keep on checking on your managers because that's where the gap is at. I agree. Guys, uh, I felt that pain. Not easy. But I'm just <laughs> glad this is behind us because uh, we've never been stronger. Um, I'm just glad we didn't die along the way because we could have easily died. <laughs> Well, thank you, HR, Mama Jean. You are heaven sent uh, for, for making this work. Uh, it's so awkward that one of my uh, brothers are here, but now you know. Okay. Uh, what's going on? But again, we care, bruh. I yeah. mean, that's, that's what it is. Okay, last last question before I, I, I let you go. Um, you have such an amazing story, again. And I always tell this to myself, too. There was a bigger percentage that I shouldn't be here, but I'm here and I'm totally grateful, right? Um, if you just look back, and I've never asked this before, I ask this myself sometimes, what were the best decisions you've done over your, in your life that allowed you to get here? The best decisions? Because like for me, I'll provide context. Like for me, best decision, hindsight being 2020, I'm glad I worked early. I developed that work ethic early. I developed the skills that I did early. Another best decision that I did is I said no to a lot of those college friends, classmates, whatever. So I would have ended up wasting my time where I was actually building up my skills ahead of everybody else. But when I got out of college, I was like, I had two, three, four years experience, right? And I'm just, the best decision I've also done is I've always asked for help from people that were willing to help. Like the Georgies of the world again. Shout out to you, sir. Um, rest in peace. Uh, keep thinking about you. But those things, I, I kept asking for help from people that were willing to help that allowed me to, to thrive. For you, what were those? You know, feeling co when I was offered that HR role to join the employee experience team, I was really having second thoughts of saying yes to it. Mm -hmm. Because I know the magnitude of the job and I feel that I'm not gonna be able to do it. I was so happy doing taking calls. Got it. I was so happy taking calls, I, and I got a very good CSAT. My my customers, yeah. loved you were comfortable. Me. You, were, you yeah, were good, really comfortable doing it. And when I got an offer to join the employee experience team, I knew the magnitude of it. Like managing what three thousand employees, yeah. making sure that they are all satisfied. Mm. 
but that decision to say yes to it was, I guess, you know, the best decision that I made. Because without that experience, I don't think I'm going to be able to, um, I'm going to be able to, to be the same person that I am right now, you know? Again, Bo, thank you very much for such an amazing, amazing episode. But before I let you go, what should they look out for? And if they want to work with you, where do they go and how do they do that? Oh, number one, we're hiring for a business development associate mm -hmm. that's going to be working for our Philippine sales. market. Yeah, mm -hmm. sales, Philippine market, and Malaysia market. If you guys are interested, mm -hmm. email me. That's bo, B-O, at betterteam.com. Betterteam, two E's, mm -hmm. uh, dot com. Um, also, for interested BPO companies out there, there um, go. go visit us at betterteam.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ibex, shout um, out to Thea, the VP for HR there. There you go. <laughs> so again, thank you very much. Before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Apple, Spotify, or any, any type of podcast app that you're listening to. If you see a five-star, give us a five-star. would help us. Five-star uh, in the end. There you go. Thank you so much. And again, if we did say some jargon, it's going to be the show notes on hustleshare.com. And lastly, we have a brand new spanking experience for you if you want to experience and get involved in how we do the podcast. It's going to be in the Hustleshare Premium packages. There's plans where we can involve you and even get to experience the founders and ask founders themselves. So check it out on Hustleshare Premium at premium.hustleshare.com or just go to the website. Everything is there. Again, Bo, thank you very much. Thank you. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Thank you.